Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Wednesday, April 17. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. And it is, of course, the middle of the week. Ah, yes. Which is great. I love that. All right, here we go. Let's pray. Uh, Father, bless today. Bless this week as it's been progressing. Bless the, the remainder of it. Bless us as we think on this particular passage again and uh, read it and look for insight and application. Uh, we ask for your wisdom always. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, New Testament for everyone today. The NTE, John 20, 19 through 29. Subheading, Jesus and the Disciples. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Judeans. Jesus came and stood in the middle of them. Peace be with you, he said. With these words, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the master. Peace be with you, Jesus said to them again. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. With that, he breathed on them. Receive the Holy Spirit, he said. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you retain anyone's sins, they are retained. Subheading, Jesus and Thomas. One of the twelve, Thomas, also known as Didymus, wasn't with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples spoke to him. We've seen the master, they said. Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, replied Thomas, and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I'm not going to believe. A week later, the disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut. Jesus came and stood in the middle of them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he addressed Thomas. Bring your finger here, he said, and inspect my hands. Bring your hand here and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, just believe. My Lord, replied Thomas, and my God. Is it because you've seen me that you believe, replied Jesus? God's blessing on people who don't see and yet believe. Great. All right. Here's our question for today then. Um, Is it fair that Thomas got his wish to see and touch Jesus? Why doesn't God give every skeptic an opportunity like this? Well, all week long, I've been thinking about the fact that the very first time that Jesus appeared to everyone other than Thomas, without them even asking, he gave them the opportunity to see the scars in his hands and Mm -hmm. his side. That was the first thing he did. He said, peace be with you, and then he showed them his hands and his side. Yes. Okay, so they'd had that opportunity. So maybe if he'd waited a little bit, they would have asked for it. So Thomas gets the rap for being the doubting one, but he only asked for the thing that everybody else had already been given, the proof. So it feels like, in a way, this is almost saying that that God will give you the evidence whether you ask for it or not. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I actually I, I, agree, I agree with you on that because I I don't see Thomas um, as the typical doubting Thomas that was he's always been branded as. No, it feels um, like a real slander against and, the man. Like, and I actually don't think it's that way because I think John's actually writing it in a different way. And the reason I believe that is because in chapter eleven, let me go there real quick again. John chapter 11, and we mentioned this a little bit, but we didn't really get to touch on it too much because we didn't have the chapter in this particular series. But in John chapter 11, 
there's this moment here where where Jesus is saying to them, hey, I'm going to go over to see my friend Lazarus. And he, and he tells them specifically, look, he's not sick. He's actually dead, and I'm going to go resurrect him. Mm. And the disciples says here in verse 12, the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. No, that Jesus said plainly. And, but, and then he said, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. And I think to myself that none of the other disciples said this. Right. Only Thomas, the one who we call the doubting one, he's like, no, you know what? If we're going to go, you know we're going to die. Uh, let's go. And so then John grabs the same guy, Thomas's character, and for some reason, as you said yesterday, you know, he wasn't in the room, mm-hmm. and yet he is later on. And you're right, they actually got to see him. So the, for me, the clue uh, comes at the end of the passage where Jesus says, uh, God's blessing on people who don't see and yet believe. He's not really talking to Thomas, he's talking to us. Yeah, I think so too, because all of them got to see. Yeah. And even I'm thinking, you know, when Thomas made his big speech about, unless I steal the nail marks, I'm sure the others would have said, well, we did see them. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, that they would have had a whole conversation about this. But he's saying he wants to see it himself. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, that doesn't seem unreasonable. Everybody else got to see it, so... But but I think that what's beautiful about this is that Jesus and John writes this so that to to bring us to the place and say, look, uh, we don't get to see that, right? And so, do we believe without well, seeing it? The question: Why doesn't God give every skeptic an opportunity like this? I think it's possible that we see things that would be compelling evidence all the time, but whether or not we see them. As that, like, what would it take for you to believe something? Well, I think there are certain things that you might not believe no matter what you saw. I don't think that's enough to see. Well, other so, things that people believe on the flimsiest yeah, of evidence. I don't think it's enough to see. I mean, look, the, the, you look at the Bible, the stories in the Bible, you see that they were, and I'm thinking specifically now how they cross the sea, they come out of Egypt, and uh, God parts the sea. He parts the sea, they walk across it, they see the Egyptian enemy, you know, splattered, splashed by the sea and stuff. And yet that's not enough because no sooner are they underneath the mountain waiting, they are like sacrificing to a golden calf and and doing all sorts of other things as well. I think that I think that moving into a state of belief is not a matter of just seeing amazing things taking place. Hence, when Jesus tells the parable of Abraham and Lazarus, right? And uh, the the story of, well, you know, if you'd resurrected him and brought him up to us, then we would believe more. Mm. And he's saying, you're not going to believe just by seeing this. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he even turns to the disciples at some point and tells them, uh, are you guys going to leave as well, you know, when things get rough? Because we have this thing where we think if we had enough data, we would believe everything would be fine. And it's not enough, there will never be enough data for us to just say, based on those facts alone, I now believe. Well, I think people decide what they want to believe. You know, you see it's there's a, a resurgence of the belief in the flat earth, apparently, and all kinds of things. So people find evidence that they think is persuasive for things that they have some reason to want to believe. Yes, I think so too. But I think that I think that I don't think that God. I mean, why doesn't God give us? I mean, this is a question about God's method of communicating to us. Give and, us whatever it is that we would need. To and see. I actually think you're right that God does give us what we need. It's whether we're willing to receive what He gives us mm-hmm. in different ways. So God speaks through so many different 
avenues to us. Um, I was talking to somebody not too long ago who was saying that they've really struggled to even read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really hard to, when you have such a beautiful gift in front of you, to ignore it. And so I'm, I'm trying to encourage them to not just to read it simply, but to, to choose a portion of it and spend time inside it. And I think people should do something along those lines because it helps them to be able to kind of grasp and understand and grow in who God is. So, yeah, I think that's important as well. I think having good conversations with people and, uh, and actually giving space to yourself to talk to God as well is really important. Mm. And I think that that's actually what's taking place inside here. That's why I think there was that space of eight days. Right. Yeah, I think you want I think you wanted to I think you wanted to actually like kind of like stretch things out and just say hey I'm going to I'm going to come back again and you guys are going to be in this locked room still. I mean, mm-hmm. you saw me resurrected. Uh, surely you would have enough belief now and faith to step out of the room. But uh but they're still locked in the room. And well, so Well, it sounds like they're going they're going out and then they're coming back. Like they leave the room and then they come back in the room. You, you're hoping they do. I think they do because it says a week later his disciples were in the house again. Yeah. So that implies that they had gone, had gone away somewhere at some else. Point. Yeah. Well, they must have gone to sleep somewhere. I yeah. mean, maybe they go to different houses. It's true. I don't know. It's true. What the deal is. But it's interesting that they lock it again mm-hmm. because there is an anxiety level. Although even though we seem... lock our houses. <laughs> Well, and we're not even worried about anything in particular. Yeah, that's so, true. You know, that's true. Kind of I think what would be thing. interesting to know is whether it was a common practice like it is for to us have today. Locks. Yeah. To, to lock, to well, barricade. Well, evidently, or to it barricade. sounds like maybe it wasn't. Yeah. Because it, I mean, otherwise, you, yeah. we wouldn't feel the need to point out that we've locked our doors. Yeah. It's kind of standard. Yeah, it's true. All right, let me repeat the question one more time and then we'll wrap it up for today. And uh, it says this Is it fair that Thomas got his wish to see the touch, see and touch Jesus? Why doesn't God give every skeptic an opportunity like this? Think about that. Look after each other and live love. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.